Iowa everywhere. From the Channel Seed Studios. Studios. Welcome to The Hook. A look behind the lines with Mike Palm and Ken Miller. Powered by Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. This is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Hook. My name's Ken Miller. My partner, is the Vice President of Operations at Circus Sports, Mike Palm. Well, the long wait is finally over. Yes, I know we had week zero last week, but I'm not sure that counts. Um, it does. There were some decent games. Uh, USC, they certainly unleashed a tremendous freshman, uh, certainly in uh, Zachariah Branch. He'll be fun to watch. Mike Palm's alma mater got a nice win. Notre Dame picking off Navy, so that was good for you. Uh, what did you think about your squad, first of all? Well, it looks like Navy's really bad. I mean, they just the, the offensive line. I, I think they've changed these cut blocking rules for these triple option teams is going to hurt them. Um, first of all, they didn't make anybody miss. I mean, whether they pitched the ball, they ran short side, they, you know, Navy made no Notre Dame defender miss in space. And I quit watching at the end of the third quarter, but yeah. They just didn't make anybody miss. They couldn't, can't really pass the ball. Hartman looked like he should against Navy and still an impressive, you know, you got you yeah. score touchdowns on five straight possessions. Yeah. It's impressive. So, you know, you can't take anything away other than I, I, I didn't like the, the field goal kicking was a horrific in, in week zero mm-hmm. Notre Dame included in that. So that's one little concern. I mean, both them and Navy, the first two field goal attempts, one on each side, weren't even close way no. wide. Right. And they weren't from long distance. So, right. Maybe that's a cause for concern. At that famous hashtag that's about to appear on Twitter or X a whole bunch of time, hashtag college kickers, right? Nope. Uh, that, that's coming back. We saw it in week zero. Well, we've got games tonight, Mike. It's a Thursday night. Um, we've got a Big Ten tilt, Nebraska-Minnesota. I have to as well. I shouldn't say that because Florida-Utah is going to get some play as well. Of those two, uh, which game will you see more action on? They're both kicking at the same time. Interesting. Um I don't know. I'll make it a pick them. I bet both games. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida, Utah has a national audience and they have ESPN. Um, I guess Fox, it's helped by Fox having the, the Big Ten game. I'll lean Minnesota, Nebraska, just because of who our data client base is. Yeah. We've seen movements to the under on both games. Um, mm-hmm. So pro money coming in on both unders. I'm on both unders. Um, so... Uh, I, I think I like the Utah one a little better. No cam rising. Yeah. I'm not sure Utah's receivers can get a lot of separation against this press coverage. You know, if you told me the final here seventeen thirteen, that wouldn't shock me. No. I, I, I like Fleck when he gets ahead in the ball game. You know, and I said on the panel, you watched the panel, I think he's the best game manager of the clock situation. They're ahead of touchdown on the breath. They'll take the air out of the ball in that mm-hmm. second half. They don't snap the ball before two on the play clock. They're very disciplined. Um, they don't throw incomplete passes. You know, they, they, and now timing rules help the clock to continuously run as well. Uh, so I just think that Minnesota is probably going to have a one or two score lead late and they'll take the air out of the ball in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't bet the first half under, but I like the game under. You know, I think as I go back to that panel, that question you just referenced, you might have been the only one to answer the question. There might have been one more, but um, they struggled. No, no. With- no one else had a college coach opinion. Right. Only pro. They had pro opinions right. on, you know, 
Tomlin, uh, Harbaugh. I agree with Harbaugh. I like the way Harbaugh manages a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Belichick, that that sort of thing. I think they factor in correct fourth down decisions. I don't make that as a big as a factor as managing time and time and score. To me, okay. is is what, use of timeouts. How how are you with on the lead with the clock? How are you when you're behind with the clock? Interesting point. Well, we'll see. So let's fast forward to the weekend. We'll skip right through Friday because tomorrow's slate's not that shiny. Interesting line move, though, in Hawaii. I mean, Which, that game oh, was in, in, ten, in what direction? Ten and a half it opened down to three. Is it really? Yeah. All money, on, on, all money on Hawaii, I guess, in their performance against Vanderbilt. Well, and here's the thing. I think it's a huge edge when one team's had a game, right? Well, the numbers don't bear that out, Kenny. They don't, I was, huh? I was looking into this. Over the last 12 years, the team that has not played a game, facing okay. the team that's played a game, is 56% against the spread. I would have been. With the argument that it's it's more important to have tape on your opponent okay. than to actually play the game. Yeah. I, I can see that side of it. I just go back to my horse racing background, right? You want, you want to bet a horse that's no, not his first start of the year, but he's had one third. under his belt. Third. I like the third. Third, third, third off the layoff. Third, yeah, off. third off the layoff. That's the big one. No <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, by the way, did you watch the Travers last weekend? Did you see I didn't. It? I didn't. Um, it was during the panel. Oh, sure it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. And and Fox, who I think did the broadcast, I don't even know if they got it on. No, it was a Fox <laughs> or NBC. Whoever had the, uh, the telecast, I think they had to go to regularly scheduled program before the Travers went in the gate, which was just ridiculous. Anyways, oh. enough horse racing talk. Which game this weekend will the betters gravitate to? Is it, is it as simple as prime time? Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be the the Sunday night game. I would think. I think so too. Because there's national title implications. They played yeah. a great game last year. You know, you've had some some news with LSU. I think both these teams are outside playoff contenders. Mm-hmm. I said Norvell's got that that um, Florida State program heading in the right direction. I would make the argument that of Miami, Florida, and Florida State, the what the one of those programs that will make the college playoff first. And this is when there were four teams, not 12. But I think Florida State is in that position, honestly. Florida seems to be down. Miami's Mm -hmm. still trying to figure it out. Um, Central Florida, of course, in the Big 12 now, they could. But it's going to be an uphill climb for them. Although this year, they got a great quarterback. And that Reese Plumlee, he's a hell of a player. And they get to play a team tonight has no returning starters. What a situation that is. Kent State. I've never seen that before. Yeah, they jumped out 14-0 yeah. when I sat in front of this to uh, to record this with you. Anyways, we'll see. So, you know, okay, well, one more on tonight's game. Utah went into this game last year with playoff hopes, right? Legitimate playoff hopes. I think they were ranked fourth or fifth. Weren't they when they went to the swamp? Yes, and got beat. <laughs> yes, so what they does did. that do tonight? Is there is there a revenge back in back in Utah? Uh, what does that do? Does does that factor into handicappers' way of thinking? I don't know. I mean, it's a cross sectional game, right? It's not a natural rivalry, no. and they're always a team on the outside looking in Utah. I mean, Kyle Whittingham might be the most underrated Division One coach there is, but. Maybe he can use that as a little motivation, but I think these Florida kids are really excited to get their season off. Think if they could go to Rice Eccles and win again, that's a hell of a tough place to play. Um, you'll get a good test of where they're at early tonight. I I, I don't make it much of a factor, um, but rising being out is obviously the sure. storyline of the game. Yeah, that's massive. One of the, 
uh, a group of quarterbacks in a heavy uh, quarterback conference, which is the Pac-12, is going to be incredible. You know, it's kind of sad, right? I mean, I think we brought this up before, but I, I just can't get my arms around the fact that the Pac-12 is going away after this year. It's gone. What, what is Bill Walton, the Conference of Champions, right? All yeah. the national championship. It's really hard to believe. It all starts with their ridiculous TV deal, though, that they signed. Sure. that's what led to the downfall of the Pac-12. Now, I didn't Mm -hmm. think they'd be dissolved when I started criticizing it six or seven years ago, Mm -hmm. that they'd be dissolved in 2024. But that's the reality. They haven't been able to compete and teams, you know, conferences picked them off, picked them. The whole conference situation, we've never experienced something like this. I mean, you got the the commissioner of the Big 12 who, you know, worked for Jay-Z as his pitch man and and, and that's what... I mean, he's openly going after Texas, telling teams, you got to beat Texas for me. Beat, I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. Could you see Jim Delaney no. speaking at, a, at the Illini Club in Champaign, telling Brett Bielema, I'll be in Piscataway, <laughs> I'll be in Piscataway on, uh, on Halloween. You better take care of business. Ridiculous. Yeah. They're still in the conference. He wants Texas Tech. What if Texas is undefeated in that Black Friday game? He wants Tech to beat him and knock the conference out of a national championship. And the I'll money be- that goes along with it. I can't, I can't fathom what goes on in today's world. Yeah, he, look, he hasn't had too many missteps. Your mark's been yeah. terrific. Yeah. This was one of them. I agree yeah. with you. You don't the Texas, the- They got embraced the hate or whatever that thing. Yeah. I mean, they, now, now they're, they think they're martyrs in Austin. Absolutely. I mean, this, the T-shirt is not Catholics versus convicts. Let's get that straight right off the bat. <laughs> Did you have one of those, by the way? Um, that was a little before my time. Just, it? I remember watching that game on TV. I was in high school. Yeah. You know, and Brent and Brent and Era calling the game, I think it was. Is uh, that who it was? Yeah, I mean, the game is so iconic. I mean, there were so many incredible plays. And, you know, Cleveland, I don't think Cleveland Gary fumbled. I mean, that was all. And then the fight before the game. And, you know, this Notre Dame hadn't been competitive against them. I mean, there was it was just a perfect confluence that of, of that game. It's still probably, for me, one of the top five, ten most memorable college football games of all time. Wasn't that one of the first 30 for 30s? Yeah. Catholics versus convicts. And it was told from the perspective of the kid that made the T-shirts, right? Yeah. Got, in all yeah. the, got in all the trouble. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of those kinds of shows, have you seen uh, BS High on HBO yet? No. Holy mackerel. What a what a con man this guy was. The guy that the high school that wasn't a high school. That the one in Ohio. Right. Exactly. Sycamore. Yes. Sycamore. Brother Sycamore, right? Uh, something. Bishop Sycamore. I think. Bishop Sycamore. Yeah. IG, IGM or whatever out of Miami was yes. going to play this team, the top team in the country going to play this fraud school. Right. And they played a game two days before that game. <laughs> yeah. They were. <laughs> I think I it, 58 to What nothing. is it? It's on HBO? It's on HBO. Oh, I got it. No, it's phenomenal. Yes, hi. Bishop Sycamore. That's what it was. I mean, yeah. my jaw dropped. What a con man, Mike. You, you'll, um, this, this guy rubs me the wrong way. It really, <laughs> truly does. But, uh, boy, I'm glad I watched it last night. Anyways, uh, let, let's move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it was really good. So, uh, we're a week away from the NFL. We'll save that for just a second. Let's talk about this prop that uh, you guys put out regarding Iowa. Uh, the total number of points, of course, the ultimatum that Brian Ferentz apparently has hanging over his head uh, is they need to average 25 points a game. That was a Gary Barta ultimatum. Yeah. Uh, he's no longer there. Beth Getz, the interim, came in and said, no, 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 it's still in place because Brian reports to her, not to Pops. Not sure I believe it, but at the end of the day. Um, so what kind of action have you seen? Has it gotten much play on the over-under? Uh, over was minus 160. Yeah. The under is, um, I want to say, minus 140. 
It's pretty balanced. Um, leans a little bit to the under right now. Maybe it goes down a tick, uh, or, or to the no, I should say. The the, the total isn't going to go down, but to yeah. the no. Um, and I'm sure that's all around Mac. I mean, if you got news that Mac Demare is playing, we probably got to adjust the price immediately because this is these are games where they're supposed to score 35 points, right? Right, and get ahead of the pace, right? Before they play at Penn State, exactly, yeah. exactly. So. Uh, but it's been good. I think we read about six thousand dollars total on it so far, which is good for a prop, for yeah. a prop bet. But it had a lot. At least it has people talking, right? It, it and, did, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Rich Eisen had Kirk Ferentz on his show today, uh, and and Ferentz says that McNamara he expects him to play. Yeah. So we'll see that availability report that's come out, and I and it was I for the first time I saw one tonight when Minnesota and Nebraska put both put out their availability report as they're now required to. Um, how closely do you guys pay attention? That's not something you're waiting for because the number's already up there. But will what what will that do when you get it? Sure, we're going to read it and and maybe we react to reading the report or maybe we wait for a couple bets on it. But the Big Ten has been very good here, and 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 I know Delaney's retired, but Delaney really was. I I put him up against any commissioner yeah. uh, at major college. Um, the progressive, I think they've done marvelous with these TV deals. Look at all these primetime games they're getting this yeah. year. Yeah. They've really played it well. They're embracing the gambling, progressive. Now they're now they're a coast to coast conference mm-hmm. with going from Rutgers all the way to USC and UCLA. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing that you know the SEC is still kind of lords above lords above football, which is king. But the Big Ten has really established itself. I think is you could argue the premier conference in the country. I agree. Do you think that the uh, SEC is just waiting for? Maybe a Florida State, certainly a Clemson to shake loose of the ACC and that implodes. Well, I, I don't think Florida will let Florida State get in there. That's the problem. That's interesting. I don't, that, that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Iowa would let Iowa State or vice versa, right? Or the, although the Big they 12 wouldn't be would happy. take whatever they could get. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's the problem for Florida State. I don't know who shakes loose of the, of the football powers um, I mean, if they just maintain the status quo, they, they would be happy, I, I would mm-hmm. think. And 16, I mean, you know, you could almost make it into quadrants, right? Or set however yeah, you want good. to keep the conference up, quadrants within a, a division and stuff mm-hmm. like that and maintain exactly the rivalries you want. Um, so we'll see. It's a shame, though, if, the, if this gets to be like four conferences in a few years. Well, it could be. I mean, we could be have two conferences. That That's the fear, especially <laughs> – you know, Iowa State and the Big 12 schools, what, what will that mean for them? Because if the yeah. Big 12 or if the Big 10 rather than the SEC go to 24, go to who knows? We'll see. And since you're a Notre Dame grad, what's your feelings on Notre Dame uh, football wise? I know that they play an ACC schedule now. What, what do you think? Do you think they'll ever be forced into a conference? No, I don't think so. Look at they get to play in the ACC and all the other sports. Yeah. And. Which to me is smart because they get to Florida. They get to recruit wow. Florida, right? They play down there. Um, it's sort of gotten a great rivalry with Clemson going. Um, but they have to maintain that independence and have basically they have five ACC games a year. But if they want to maintain all these great natural rivalries, which yeah. they seem to, ro- to rotate Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State in the Midwest. But, you know, they keep Navy. They keep USC. They keep, You know, I, I think it's it works stand, out. Yeah, yeah. I think that works out for them. If they uh-huh. went to where they had to play eight conference games, where's the cupcake there? You know what I mean? You're going to play Michigan, Ohio State, and USC as your three non-conference. Yeah. I don't think they'll ever get rid of the USC uh, game. I think that's meant, 
to and and they're always going to play Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State every year, right? I mean, yep. with their natural region there. Mm-hmm. If it expands and they go to 10, uh, 10 conference games, that's that, that's a fear. What would they do with the other two? Well, how about the little schools whose paydays are going well, that's to be exactly squandered? Right. That's their budget. Yeah, that, the budget exactly for right. their program there. Yeah. That's the budget for all the girls' sports. For everything. It's them going to Tennessee and Neyland Stadium and getting a million dollars to go play Tennessee. I mean, right. that's what lets them have women's sports. That's true. Yeah, you're 100% right. Let's move to the NFL. Uh, we're a week away from it as we sit here. So normally it's Sunday night, right? That's your big right. That's the big game of the week. Yeah, I want I just don't want to, to let it go that all women's sport. I mean, Nebraska just had ninety three thousand people. That was unbelievable. But in Iowa, I mean, there's programs that support themselves. But a lot of these smaller sports, they wouldn't have that if they could. These schools couldn't get those paydays. Well, especially the smaller schools. I yeah. agree with you. Nebraska yeah. put ninety two thousand yeah. in there. Iowa sold out every women's yeah. game this year yeah. because of Caitlin yeah. Clark. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. UConn, Tennessee. There, there's, yeah. there's uh, women's program. Look, and, and women's sports clearly trending up. I mean, in in, in a big way because it trends up in betting. It goes hand in hand, Ken. Yes, you're right. You're 100 right. Uh, let's go to the NFL. So. Sunday night is usually the biggest game of the week, right? As far as handle, most Typically, times there could be the one thirty game. The Fox game is also always usually a big game. You know, Fox gets to cherry pick the Cowboys. You heard what Chris Collinsworth said, right? He said, "If NBC could have the Cowboys on all seventeen weeks, we, <laughs> we would." I mean, you know, yeah. but they've they've had it. You know, the Fox has been able to have the Cowboys, Packers, all those mm-hmm. those games in that one thirty window where they what America's game of the week. Sometimes that game will do the most right, um, but typically the Sunday night game is yes. All right, so my question is, this coming Thursday, the curtain goes up on the season, Detroit-Kansas yeah. City. I'm not sure it matters who's playing, but will this one rival Sunday night football? Yeah, because of opening day, and there'll be a lot of people. And, and we just keep writing Lions money. It's pretty funny to me. I mean, Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, 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 we keep dropping the number. I don't get it, but uh, – I know there's some affiliation with Derek, but there's still a lot of pros betting here, and and we're not seeing a lot of Chiefs. We just did have a guy come in and bet 150000 on the Chiefs today, I guess. Oh, is that right? Um, that was the first big buyback bet. Um, but it was the yeah. same guy that hit the $3 million Chiefs Super Bowl ticket, too. So he's, oh got, he's got a little working capital. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, it will be the biggest game of – well – I don't know, because opening weekend is so popular in the book and we pack people in. It might be the Sunday night game as well. But then Rodgers Monday night against Buffalo, that's a pretty sexy matchup too. Monday night football? Yeah, it is. But remember, people go home. So it's yeah. going to be the, the weekend driven by the tourism here that also affects the number. Are you sold out uh, Labor Day weekend and then week one of the NFL? Is Circus sold out? No. Uh, You're not. You're signing in. Week one, yes. Labor Day, no. We, we still have some availability. Interesting. Especially Friday uh, night when there's a Monday holiday. People tend yeah. to come in on Saturday. Yeah, uh, a fair point. All right, so um, speaking of the Chiefs, I'm taking a stand against them. Where are you on Kansas City? Well, I don't know. I can't draw a line through them and not include them. Is this because of your nonsense Chargers belief? <laughs> I mean, is this, I mean, Kenny, you're letting it affect other teams now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, no, I just, I, I look at, look at, they got Patrick Mahomes. They've got Travis Kelsey. They don't have Chris Jones. They don't have that kid that they brought in uh, from San Francisco uh, who's suspended for the first six games, um, which is, which is, which I think is big. I just, one of these years they're going to, they've got to have a bad year, don't they? I think they still have Andy Reid. They do. Yes. They still have Harrison Butker. 
Yeah. Kicker. Number 15 um, still playing. I, I don't what's a bad year? 10 and 7? I mean, what's a bad year? Not 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 have the AFC run through Kansas City through Arrowhead possible. Stadium. Well, it's possible. Mm -hmm. Um but a bad year is, you know. They're still going to get in. Do you really think someone else is going to win that division? No, not that. Well, I think I think the Chargers will push them. I think the Chiefs will ultimately prevail. But I like Buffalo. I like Baltimore. I like Cincinnati. I can make a case for Cleveland after watching your panel the other night. I'm now on Miami if Tua stays healthy. So, so I did uh, some Super Bowl exactas. Did you? And yeah. I, I use only Philadelphia and San Francisco. Yep. Which allows me to spread out in the AFC. That's what I did too. And my AFC is Cincinnati, Cleveland, yep. Kansas City, Miami. I've got all of them. I would I substituted, believe it or not, the Chargers for the Chiefs. Did you use anybody else? Buffalo, Baltimore? Small Buffalo, may small Buffalo, maybe one or two uh Baltimores, but mostly Chargers and uh and Bengals. To me, the most interesting question of the year is how does this AFC North shake out? Because mm -hmm. that's four, I think, real good, decent teams, and, yeah. and two of them might get left out of the playoffs. Right. We'll see. Um, but that that's a heck of a division. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's always in the playoffs. They're always He's never had a losing playoffs. record, you know. Yeah, so I know it. Gonna be and I think and I think Pickett's a Pickett could take a big step forward this year. Oh, I think he, I believe he will. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's end on baseball. Uh, we're yeah. now into the month of September. Um, Call-ups are happening. What, what is, is there? Is, is there anything that could change your mind to get you off of the Braves? I know they played the Dodgers this weekend. As baseball fans, that's going to be a phenomenal four-game set. It's interesting. Strider's a dollar forty favorite at Chavez Ravine tonight. And I know it's Lance Lynn, and he gives up a lot of home runs, and it's the Braves. But Lance Lynn, when he was traded by the White Sox, had the worst ERA of any starter in baseball. He's had the second best ERA since been great. coming to the Dodgers. Yeah. Look, he was down three nothing, first and second. Nobody out in the bottom of the second at Fenway Friday night, and all he did was get out of that and go six innings. And the Dodgers came back and won the game. Mm -hmm. um, so I, so I had Philadelphia to win the National League and the World Series. I had at thirty-five to one and eighteen to one National League World Series, thirty-five to one. So I bet Atlanta and the Dodgers to win the National League as a prop minus one seventy. I think I have the National League covered. I'll be shocked if it's not one of those three. Right. Um, to me, the most interesting question in the National League is who wins Cy Young? I'm, I think this is still wide open. And is Kershaw, can he get enough innings if Boy, he makes four or five more starts? His numbers are the best of anybody. He's been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yep. Uh, I think Strider, right Strider can go a long way to winning the award with his start tonight. Uh -huh. But I, if I had a vote today, my vote's now. Where, where's, what's Kershaw's price? Any idea? Uh, oh, oh, he's he's eighteen to one or twenty to one because he's, they don't think he'll there. have enough innings to qualify. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Fromber Valdez last year's. Where? He what was about Fromber now? He's forty to one. Ridiculous. No, he I was know. two to one. Well, I, I'm not. But he shouldn't be forty to one. No, Cole's no. winning the award. Okay, Cole I is think winning, so. and he deserves it. He's yeah, been I the best so. pitcher in baseball all year, Ken. Yeah, he's been really good. Really uh, that's good. Gonna you, end know, it, uh... you know, I I go back to 2015. We're eight years removed. And one of the best pitch games I ever saw was when Arietta beat him in that wild card game in Pittsburgh. That was in incredible. What a game that was. And that yes. was the Cubs' first postseason win. And you yes. know, and, but that was one of the most well pitched games I ever ever saw in my life. 
Boy, Jake Arietta was a hell of a cub, wasn't he? I, I met Jake Arietta at the Maddox thing, and I and I oh, said, you? you know, you clown that bum Cole. Where is he now? Is he even around? And he laughed. He <laughs> laughed. He still got, have his I wish beard? I could. No, he had a full beard. He did. He was a very soft-spoken, very engaging guy. He you know, kind of looked like a tough guy, right? Yeah. When he pitched, he was a really heck. I thought that his starts in that World Series is what really got them to be able to get to Game 7 and then win it. Without him, they, they don't beat the Indians in the 2016 World Series. Phenomenal, phenomenal World yeah. Series. We are out of time, Mike Palm. We'll do this again next week in advance of week number one of the NFL. Can't believe that football is finally back. I'm guessing you're the same way, right? It's just different when, it's, when football's on the screens, isn't it? Well, then we have two seasons at Circa, football and non-football. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Mike, have a great Labor Day weekend. Thanks for doing this. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Thanks, Kenny. Thank you. Thank you, Aiden. Uh, Wyatt, for producing. Uh, thanks to all of us tuning in here. Another episode of The Hook has come and gone. We're sponsored by our friends at Circa Sports. You can download the uh, Circa app, Circa Sports, available uh, in the state of Iowa. We'll see you next week. Iowa everywhere.